Good afternoon, folks. Welcome to the Finance Hour. You might be listening live on J-Air or on our podcast. This is the show where we help make sense of the world of business and finance and hopefully uh, add a bit of value and help you make better decisions, uh, be it in your business or managing your finances. It's great to have you on the show again. Uh, We have been a little bit sporadic in the shows, but we were here last week, had a couple of weeks off in between, but it is good to be back and thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can always find uh, find us on iTunes. It's probably the easiest place to find us. And if you do, it'd be great if you would leave us a rate and review. It'll just mean that we can reach a few more people. All right, well, the topic of this week's show is going green. We are speaking to Dion Epstein, who is the owner and director of, of uh, G-Store, which is a company that helps that helps people create green and more energy efficient homes with a particular focus on solar energy. So we've got Dion in the studio. We're going to take a very, very quick music break and then I will introduce Dion. Okay, we have with us in the studio Dion Epstein, the owner of G-Store. Dion, thanks for coming into the show. Thanks, Ruben, for having me. So you're a, you're really a first-time uh, listener First time call, a long time listener, aren't you? That's me. Yes, <laughs> yeah, big, we, big fan. We certainly appreciate your uh, your uh, listening to the show, tuning in. Yeah, no, it's nice to hear all the uh, the different uh, stories from other business owners. Excellent. So, what do you think about the studio here, though? Is it is it everything that you imagined it would be? I say it's amazing. Does it it's exceed a, your expectations? It's it's everything I thought and more. <laughs> yeah, there's no technical guys here, though. It's really just me, uh, you know, pushing a few buttons. It's tuckless, huh? Just it, tuckless. It is. Now, Dion, uh, we want to hear a bit about your history, but first of all, just uh, as I said, you, you own uh, G-Store. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about what G-Store is or and when you started it and what the what the focus of the business is? Mm, okay. Well, uh, G-Store is uh, that we green we make greener and more energy efficient homes. So our objective is to help consumers, mainly in the residential area, reduce their utility bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so electricity, gas, and water. And yeah. So that's that's a key focus of the business. Um, there's certainly a, an emphasis on the, the cost savings, but for us it's also about making a positive impact on yeah. the environment. So how do people find out about it? You've got a warehouse. Do people just sort of drive past in the street? Do you have one of those big blowy things out the front that makes people just come in and, you know... And, moved, and buy a water tank or something. We're prob- probably a little bit more uh, got a little bit more tack than the big blowy things. No <laughs> offense to any of the listeners, but um, we did that back when we started. Really? Way back when, yeah, we you tried actually had that. the big blowy thing. Yeah, it actually blew <laughs> into the cyclone fence and ripped. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was that. For that's the last time we did that one. Um, but yeah, look, we've got uh, a very uh, fairly strong presence on on the internet. Yep. And uh, so we get a lot of leads. We ge- we generate leads through a number of different sources. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we've got some big signage out on on Dandenong Road and in our other yeah our other yeah. office. So typically, uh, as you say, it, it's householders that just have got. They think oh, they get their electricity bill and they think, oh, geez, this is really high. How can I get it down? Or is it like, uh, do you have I don't know other people who are who are recommending uh, recommending they come to you? 
Yeah, look, it's a bit of both. I mean, you'd know, you've, you've, you saw your electricity bills and you, yep. you knew me and, and you wanted to do something about it. And, yeah. and we typically, that is the that is the most common thing at the moment with yeah. um, with, with our customers. Yeah. Um, and then we get referrals through word of mouth and through yeah. reviews on Google and other yeah. ways. Yeah, so they come straight to you. And then, uh, and, and so do you have then installers that go and install it in people's houses or do you outsource that to somebody else? Yeah, we, we use um, contract installers uh, by choice. Yeah, uh, we could we could bring that in house, but we actually yeah. find that the best installers are the people who have, have their own small businesses, uh, and they run their, an operation, very tight operation for them. Yeah. It's it's about getting on, finishing the job, doing it well, uh, having a good reputation, and moving on to the next one. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go back a bit to the beginning. We were talking before. You said you've been in it for for 12 years, mm-hmm. uh, what were you doing before that and what was the motivation for you to go into this? I mean, have you always really been interested in environmental stuff? Like, was this a uh, you know a passion to really make a difference or was it just something that you fell into? Uh, look, I think I have always wanted to make a difference in something. I uh, don't think environmental issues was the was anything on my radar until yeah. I was in university in, in Israel, in Hebrew University. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I took a course on environmental education and, uh, and I was really hooked after that because I had a, a, a broad interest in a lot of topics and I felt mm-hmm. that environmental issues mm-hmm. and sustainability crossed over economics, uh, science, technology, yeah. politics, yeah. and we can certainly see that today. So yeah. I got involved in that, in that at that time. So that's when you were in Israel. Did you go to Israel? Did you do a university degree here first and then you studied I in Israel? Did, or? I did a year here and yeah. then decided I wanted to go over there. Was, yeah. The intention was to move there to live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, But I ended up studying and, yeah. and doing a full degree there and, yeah. but, but then came back yeah. afterwards. So it was really just – so, yeah, it was just what you studied there, then you got a bit of a passion for it. And then when you came back, did you go straight into the business or – no, 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 no. I went and did a master's in environmental science after yeah. that in Monash University. Yeah. And then following that, went into the industry. I went into um, went to Canberra to yeah. work for the Department of Transport and Regional Services. Yeah. And I was doing uh, economic uh, policy and environmental policy yeah. and economic analysis. So you were working for the government then? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we did uh, one of the reports we wrote was the um, greenha- greenhouse gas emissions of transport. Oh, right. And so I continued to work in transport sustainability um, yeah, yeah. for quite a number of years in government and then mm. in um, private sector consulting for an engineering firm. Yeah. So just out of interest, though, whatever we did then, did you you did some research and some kind of report into into greenhouse emission of of, of motor vehicles, was it? We did economic modelling of yeah. all the, the full transport task in Australia, yeah. including freight. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, people, there's always government uh, organisations doing reports and research and all that. Do you know, say, out of what you did then, boy, that would have been like, like what, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. do you have any inclination of how that sort of played out over time? Or um, Look, a lot of the reports that are written, and it wasn't just report writing that I was doing, I was doing mm. policy, but, mm. but a lot of the... Uh, the reports go towards formulating yeah. policy, yeah. Yeah. so evidence-based policy. Yeah. Um, granted, they are long projects, yeah. um, and and so something you may start, you know, twenty years ago may still yeah. be going through its yeah. final stages. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the thing as well is it, it, you know, it's one thing to do the policy, but it's then got to get through the political process as well. 
amazing and then then sometimes it can stall okay so i mean it's a fairly big change though to go from a um you know working for the government to you know just hanging out your shingle and starting a business Mm. you know was that uh something that you'd always would you always intend to go into your own business or did it did an opportunity just go up because it's a pretty significant uh change so after going to work for the government i went into the private sector in consulting so doing more transport policy and planning yeah and whilst there i went to i went on a secondment to london and i had an idea brewing in my head i'm sort of like i have lots of ideas yeah yeah this particular one was to have a a single place where uh, people could come to yeah. to be able to get all their consulting advice, products, services yeah. relating to yeah. the uh, environmental and sustainability yeah. field. Yeah. So I envisaged a uh, a fairly big uh, complex, say a, what we would call a tech park or a hub or something, yeah. uh, where all these different businesses would come together. And mm. I thought... Wouldn't that be fantastic? Mm. And then I thought a little bit more about, well, that's going to cost a lot of money to set up. It's going to yeah. be quite elaborate. You've got to get a lot of people on board, a lot of stakeholders, yeah. possibly look for funding. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I decided that I could do something a little bit more within my own control, mm. which was to set up a business that did something along those lines, a one-stop yeah. shop yeah. for coming in and yeah. dealing with energy. And, and did you have any sort of, I don't know, you seen other businesses do what you what you were doing? Like, did you have any model to work off or was it mm. sort of something sort of new? N- not many. No. There were probably a couple dabbling in the field. Yeah. There were probably in terms of direct competition of people who did a range of goods and services. Mm. There were maybe one or two. Yeah. Um, some... You know, they one was probably better than the other. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, well, you know, I hadn't seen it before yeah. the idea came into my head. Yeah. yeah. But when I started investigating it, I probably found one or two yeah. businesses. Yeah. Okay. So just, I mean, if we can take you back to then, I mean, you started with a completely blank page, right? I, you didn't have a premises. You didn't have anything. What was sort of, I don't know, what was the first thing that you did? What, how did it all sort of start to come together or did it was there a real plan of how it comes together or did it just kind of take one step after another well i formulated a pretty light business plan yeah um i basically took it to the bank to invest a little bit in that in that actually i developed that plan i quit my job yeah um and decided to work for my father-in-law's business while i did all this planning yeah got the funding yeah. set up the we had a premises that was yeah. available next door to um yeah uh, so what was your father-in-law's business gottlieb's building yeah. supplies yeah yeah uh and so there was a premises next door that was available was available yeah and it wasn't being utilized so we we used that yeah and uh you know we costed it up and and started so you were you went to the bank to get your funding i did basically and what was that how how difficult was that so they were literally lending money uh, you know, are based on some kind of you know, young guys that with a business plan, no real significant experience in business at that stage. How, how, how did that? Was that a difficult process? Um, look, it wasn't. It, it wasn't too difficult at the time. I yeah. know it would be harder yeah, now, harder but we're, now, we're yeah. not talking huge sums of money yeah. to get it going. Yeah. Um, there was a certain amount, and um, you know, it was leveraged against something, yeah. so yeah, it yeah. was okay. But when um. I mean, I would have thought uh, it would to, to to open up a warehouse. 
uh, or showroom, sorry. Was it, would you call it a warehouse showroom? Or? Uh, it's a bit of, it's bit got of a both. showroom and a warehouse. Right. So I would have thought it would be pretty expensive to fit something like that out. And don't you need, do you need to like buy a whole lot of stock as well at the big, to start with? Like I would have thought it would be a really expensive exercise. Yes. It, it, well, I was fortunate because I sort of goes onto the side of my father-in-law's property. So right. there was some assistance there. In fact, in, in respects that we could use, um, you know, some of his warehouse space yeah we could um basically use his forklift yeah um there was some assistance from the personnel yeah um so you, in terms yeah. of starting up we had yeah some of the customers would come to us right. in the outset right. so, so it's it sort of a bit of a lower we lower leveraged cost, off the building and plumbing supplies yeah. to basically have a green angle to building and plumbing supplies yeah nice and so what did you like uh did you have did you employ staff straight away or did you did you wait a while what was your it started with myself and i employed one other person yeah okay so that enabled it was really you do everything yeah uh you know you serve a customer you go out you load the customer up Mm -hmm. um and yeah you just alternate you have that extra staff person if you ever need to be able to go out and do something yeah yeah and then um i i guess how quickly did you end up growing your your workforce how many staff do you have now so we've got uh probably a dozen staff in-house and probably another 20 odd people working in various capacities including contractors and sales reps and yeah yeah so was that uh was it challenging sort of building up the stuff did you have like a real plan i mean because once i imagine you get to 12 people i mean when you have a couple of staff you can kind of just you know run it off the seat of your pants but i imagine as it, as it starts to grow you start to have you know it's not only the business issues that you manage you've got to manage people as well and their own individual issues has that been has that been sort of a challenge for you is it something that you sort of like doing or yeah look it's a constant challenge um yeah. keeping making sure you get the right staff and yeah. keeping the, keeping them happy yeah um you know we still are a we we're a small size business in terms of the number of employees but yeah. we you know we punch punch pretty well above our weight yeah. and um you know there is a clear understanding and an expectation that um everybody really has is a really important part of of the team yeah and uh yeah so i'm very conscious of motivating the staff of uh, uh, making sure we get the right people on yeah. board and so i'm interested in the trajectory of the business as well certainly from my experience when you're starting from scratch you know the first couple of years it's like you're getting revenue in the door and it's like you know it's all sort of amazing right because you know you, you start you started from nothing right and every dollar of revenue is fantastic and then often you see as businesses mature um that growth becomes sort of harder mm-hmm. once you get sort of to a larger stage and then you costs come adding into the business and the like so what did you what what do you think like the various sort of stages of your of the business was what was the you know the first couple of years were you like working 18 hour days or was it was that the really part we had a huge amount of sort of energy or what yeah. were the various stages you went through over the last 12 years that's a very good question <laughs> um takes me back down memory lane um, look, we started at a time of drought, 
Yeah. Um, so for us, there was, uh, you know, the the demand built up pretty quickly. Yeah. In terms of, you know, as long as you sort of put yourself out there and advertise mm. um, and get it out on your website and, mm. and through other means. Yeah. Uh, there was a fair bit of demand for water tanks at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we we built up our revenue, and and as you say, yes, every dollar is great. Yeah. Um, but we built it up reasonably well in those yeah. first few years. Quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And then. You know the drought broke, yeah. Um, and so we had to uh, pivot a little bit and yeah. reconsider. Okay, what other aspects should we devote a little bit more attention to? Because yeah. you know we were running around like headless chooks and just yeah. trying to service what we had um, mm. without time to be able to think about you know diversification yeah. too much. So, yeah. So we then uh, we then pivoted a little bit and uh, put a little bit more emphasis on some of the energy management side of the business. So, you know, relating to hot water, solar. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and so that that then has become uh, a very significant part. Mm. So we had a um, you know, I suppose that leveling and then and then growth and you know, look now with the growth in solar, you know, we've um, we've doubled our business mm. in the last financial year. Wow, you've doubled your business. Doubled our business in the wow. last financial year. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So really you um Yes, yeah, so you really sort of adapted your your service offering over the years. So, you, mm. so it sounds like to some extent you reinvented yourself a little bit, you yeah. know, at each at each stage. Or look, I like to think we're always reinventing ourselves. Yeah. Um, sometimes market forces yeah. come into place that's beyond your control, um, and mm. you know, drought conditions. Yeah. We can't forecast for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, government rebates coming on board. Yeah, we can't. We, you know, we can have an idea of it happening and when it's going to happen, but yeah. we, we can't be certain. Yeah. And so sometimes you just you just got to pivot quickly. Yeah. Yeah, that is, uh, that is interesting, the things that are obviously outside of your control. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what, what are those sort of... I mean, no, I want to ask a question. When people come to you and they, you know, then they, you know, they want to put solar in or... Or you know, or a rain tanking or something like that. Do you, are they generally coming out of concern for the environment or concern for the hip pocket? <laughs> it's generally, generally the latter. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's, there's a feel good factor in terms of people um, once they do it. Yeah. Um, certainly with the water tanks back yeah. in the drought, it yeah. was about keeping their gardens alive. Yes, of course. And yeah. and and now it's very much about uh, the cost of living and electricity yeah. prices. It's a real. Um, a real pressure on families. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and everyone's very, very conscious of it. Yeah, and yeah. we, you know, look, I guess that makes it pretty nice to, to go to work in the morning when mm. you know that you're working on a project that's going to be from one day to the next done mm, as mm. opposed to some of those long drawn out government government projects yeah. you know from one day to the next you can actually make a sizable um, change yeah. in somebody's life yeah yeah fantastic so explain to me um, has there been uh, you know has the government sort of regulation uh, you know I know there's been subsidies and the like for solar power have, have government has government regulation generally been positive for your business or or negative or has there been a bit of a mix oh look i would say we've had a bit of both mm. um certainly with the solar industry i would say it's gone uh positive of late mm, mm. um the the water industry has had rebates removed yeah for once the water the drought for the tanks. was, was yeah. taken away so we experienced that and and the decline there 
But mostly lately, uh, the government uh, levers are are so probably encouraging people to put it in. But yeah. but more so than anything, some of the government policies mm. uh, in terms of removing you know Hazelwood and and the cost of electricity prices yeah. causing going going up. Yeah. Uh, you know those policies rather than rebate programs have yeah. actually resulted in even even in a bigger uptake yeah yeah and um you know but interestingly you you sometimes get government making announcements uh for example that they're going to offer a rebate yeah and it actually has a negative impact uh, on demand people because wait. people hold back on yeah, doing things yeah. yeah so what are just out of interest what are the kind of government rebates available at the moment you know for installing like you know solar power in your house Okay, so on the cost of the system, you can take there's what something called STCs, yeah, uh, small scale technology certificates. Yeah. So each system, depending on the size, will get a it's like a share price in terms yeah. of you get X number of STCs. So that yeah. gets reduced off the price of the system, usually yeah. at point of sale. Yeah, and then uh, the Victorian government is also offering now um, two thousand two hundred twenty five dollars. Yeah, to put in solar. Yeah. Uh, towards the cost of solar, so that if you're eligible, but you have to meet the eligibility criteria, which is yeah. um, household income under one hundred and eighty thousand dollars right. combined. Right. Yeah. And um, and also having a house under three million dollars. Right. Right. So yeah, and yeah. there are other conditions. So that first one you said, so you get like a discount off the off the top. Like what percentage discount would be the one that you get um, at the point of sale? Uh, look, on a typical size system, you yeah. might be talking about three thousand dollars. Yeah, and what 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 percent is that? Like, what's what's the sort of cost? I mean, I'm sure it depends how many panels you've got and the like. But what's a typical twenty percent? Okay, so it's really quite significant. Mm. Yeah. So how does that process work? You actually we we basically give it up front to the customer. Yeah. Um, they sign some paperwork. Yeah. We provide all the forms and and that to the trading company. Yeah. And they they process it and reimburse us. Yeah. Yeah. So from the business uh, point of view then, I mean, where do, you, where do you buy your stuff from? Where do you buy that sold from? Do you go the, 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 actual, you know, the actual equipment for that you're putting on the houses? Do you buy it from overseas or where do you source it from? So we source it from uh, local distributors, but we buy in reasonably large size volumes mm. but we align ourselves with um, only very quality br brands mm -hmm. so for example our panels are lg lg yep. panels so yep. we choose to when we buy them by the container load mm -hmm. um and we choose to use them because they are first of all they are definitely uh, the best panel on the market and yep. it's you know independently it's it's said to be um, best warranties on the market, yeah. and it's a large diversified company. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think, unfortunately, the solar industry has also got its cowboys in it who yeah. are putting in uh, what we call crap solar. Well, I'm sure when there's something like government subsidy around like that, it kind of attracts, you know, it's going to attract some dodgy operators because they, because they want to just get their hands on that government subsidy. Yeah, and we've all had the experience of door knockers and yeah. people calling when you're trying to put the kids to bed. And yeah. um, look, we don't operate that way. We've, yeah. uh, you know, we 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 try and offer offer a, a very high quality offering. Yeah. Um, so we use that. We use um, another product, um, the brand's Enphase. Yeah. It's um, 
you know, it's an American company, yeah. and and the failure rate of those particular devices. I won't go into what they actually mm, do, mm. but it's so minimal. Yeah, where it's yes, they cost a little bit more than other yeah. products, but yeah. from our perspective and from the customer's perspective, you know, we'd much rather have a good quality product that's going to last with minimal failures, mm. um, and it gives us really good monitoring data, as yeah, you, as you yeah, know, because yeah. you've, you've got it, and it's yeah. basically you can actually drill down and make a much better, more informed decision, decision yeah, exactly. on. Okay, now what? So yeah. now I've put solar on. Do I add a bit more? Yeah. Do I yeah. put a battery on? Yeah. Yeah. So just just I mean I I suppose I'm going back to the business side of it. So those so the distributors that that that, that you buy from uh, they've got they've do they have just a license to distribute them in in Australia like you can't you have to go through them you can't sort of go you don't sort of go direct to the source or uh, it depends on the supplier so yeah. for example LG um, yeah. we buy direct from LG so we yeah. buy from LG Australia so yeah. we will buy from them directly yeah. um, other companies like Enfos for example yeah. they don't deal they directly don't do in yeah. Australia but yeah. they deal through yeah. large distributors um, so yes we you know we're, we're uh, recognised as, as one of a higher level of in, yeah. of distributors yeah. uh, of installers and basically so with that comes some yeah. benefits and with the prices that you pay do they like it's not like a commodity that they can fluctuate a lot is it fairly is it fairly stable you know what you what you pay for your for your things when you're dealing in the rubbish end of the market yeah. it becomes really like a commodity yeah when you're dealing in a quality premium end of the market yeah there's less fluctuations yeah. they've obviously be, got to be conscious about the competition yeah um, and there are other quality brands out there as well yeah. so they have to be mindful of that but yeah. generally speaking uh, you know those prices have sort of come to the point where you know I know sometimes people say, well, wait for the prices to come down. Mm. Well, with solar panels, those prices have pretty much uh, come to the level where it's sustainable mm. for the manufacturers as well. Yeah. Um, I think with batteries, that's a different story. I think there's room there for, for downward shift. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And technology improvements too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just going back to the, to the business. So you actually, uh, was in the last couple of years that you opened up another another store yeah last uh, last year yeah so what was the um what was the motivation for that um well we we wanted to be able to service our gippsland customers yeah. we're starting to have more and more of those we yeah. felt it was um under serviced um and probably uh, the prices people were paying was were too much out there yeah uh, we happened to have a staff some staff who were from that area and wanted to move that way. Yeah. So we had the benefit of being able to have trained staff who had experienced, um, you know, operations in our Melbourne store. Yeah. To be able to go out there, which I think is a massive, um, massive bonus because, uh, you know, starting something without somebody having internalised the company ethos. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a, that's a potential risk. Yeah. Yeah. So your staff was were very happy to go. And did you did you model that? warehouse exactly on what or the showroom exactly on what you've got here in Melbourne? Oh, a little bit different yeah. to be honest to cater for a regional market yeah uh, I think there was probably a stronger emphasis on solar mm. over there um, in terms of the showroom design um, yeah. less less shop front yeah, than there okay. is than there, I don't think but more um, 
a bit of a working display. We actually mm. put a, a whole range of panels up on our roof there mm. and we can do and we put the monitoring data so we can compare it's almost like a it's almost like a lab over there yeah, nice so we can compare different panels yeah. including the ones we we obviously yeah. sell yeah and was that a, like a massive sort of project starting that new you know that that new premises like finding a place fitting it out all that or did you because you'd already done it sort of once you kind of you kind of knew what you were doing pretty well um I wouldn't say it was massive. Actually, yeah. I was yeah. um, quite happy with how smooth it went. There was there was some effort towards doing it, mm-hmm. um, and you know I think we sort of put a, a hold on the costs to go out and do that. Yeah, uh, I think we wanted to dip our toe a little bit in the water. Yeah, uh, and see how it was. But uh, look, a year in, um, and they're being very receptive. I think the the lesson we learnt is that locals like buying local, mm. and more so than in Melbourne. Mm. I think because uh, in Melbourne, there's so many different offerings, mm. whereas in country Victoria, um, you know, you really get noticed. Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, you know, in some ways, uh, you know, a lot of retail is going online. They say, but it sounds like for you you know having a shop front is sort of just as important or if not more important but i'd be interested to know what out of from online what what sort of proportion of your sales come from online sure okay well we actually have a pretty strong online e-commerce side of our business um but it only represents directly direct sales online is still probably only representing less than uh 20 percent of the business yeah around about 20 percent so we are redoing our website and it's yeah. about to go live the new one so we obviously anticipate that that will go um north yeah um and, and and people i mean you know you're talking about the other place where people sort of come in it's a bit like a lab and they touch and feel it but yeah people are willing to sort of buy a product like yours without without speaking to someone like would, would they have like done all their research and then they just then they're just looking for the cheapest price yeah, look, I just just on the last point yeah. of of the e-commerce, e-commerce is a direct sale that's done online. Yeah, a lead that's generated online. Mm. Now that is a, a another even bigger percentage of our business. Right. Right. So you've got to put a, a good foot forward. And in answer oh, to see. your question, will people buy from you if they haven't been into the store? Definitely. We you know mm. we would have a fairly small percentage of people who are just coming into the store to have a chat. Most people are you know contacting us they're seeing our reviews online they're reading mm. about us on you know um what we call installer leaderboards mm. where they rank independently rank installers yeah and so we've you know we've worked hard very hard to offer an outstanding level of customer service mm. and that's then reflected on um various reviews right and right. so so the generation of that is happening but the customers are verifying it by uh, not necessarily coming to your store, although that does happen, or mm. a site visit, that also happens, but not on every job. Um, we're just speaking, just getting a confidence before you pick up the phone, and mm. then when you pick up the phone and you hear on the other end of the line, uh, you know, highly experienced yeah. salespeople yeah. Um, and, and technical salespeople, mm. you know, the, just, it just gives you that confidence. Um, yeah. So, while people, so what you're saying is, while people don't necessarily buy online in massive numbers, although twenty percent is still pretty significant, yeah. I reckon. No, it's but, um, but they they've researched you online and then they come into the store. Is that what you're saying? Would that be almost 
yeah. I mean, I yeah. suppose every business that, is like that. that that's accurate. Now. Yeah. But you've got to understand that there are some products that lend themselves to an online e-commerce right. type sale. Yeah. And there are other products that you will never sell. Yeah. If it's like a fairly standardized type product, you won't sell a sol- You won't sell a solar power system I so, online. No. no. But you'll no. get the generation of the lead through through that, and of yeah. course through um, word of mouth is is yeah. your strongest one. Yeah. So, what sort of stuff do you do you sell online? Is it more the simpler? Uh, most commonly, products? you'll be things like hot water systems, so small, compact, instant yeah. gas hot water services. Yeah. So energy efficient ones, of course, yeah. and uh, you know a lot of pumps. Yeah. So and have yeah. you had to? Um, you know, invest a lot of money in sort of, you know, getting onto search engine optimization, getting to the tops of pages and, and that sort of thing. Have you had to invest in that a lot or, or have you found it's just organic with people just, if people give you good ratings, it just it just happens by itself? Oh, look, we, we do spend quite a lot on yeah. on at Google advertising. Yeah. Um, that's the advertising. The so that's, search the pay, that's the pay-per-click. That's the pay-per-click yeah. type stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's you got to keep an eye on, on that and on the spend versus the return on investment. Yeah. Um, you got to be smart about it. you got to think about what the actual bottom line is after all your expenditure as well. I think that's yeah, important. Yeah, of course, yeah. You can make a lot of sales if you put yeah. the... The yeah. price too low, and but yeah. you may, may not no money. But uh, yeah, look, SE, uh, SEO. So sorry, I just make a clear to try for our listeners the two uh, things. Pay per click is like the advertising that come out on the sidebar, right? Yep, That's and what Google shopping up the top as right, well. Right, right, yep. and SEO is just just trying to rank first in the general. Yeah, in the gen, under the general sort of search thing. So you're not actually yeah, you don't pay for each click, but you've got to invest a lot to actually get up that up that page correct organic searching yeah. so whereas it's you know you're not it's not necessarily organic you've got to put as you say a lot of effort into making sure that the content is relevant yeah to the to the search term yeah so do you have like a seo agency that you're yes on your retainer and yep every year yep. do you hear a lot of people saying that it just that that, that in that whole uh you know playing with google effectively google search engine it's just a constantly shifting landscape like at one point they'll you know you do one strategy to get up there and then all of a sudden they change their algorithm and totally stuff you up and mm. i mean have you had like a lot of false starts and with, with all that sort of thing yeah look we've been through a number of seo companies along yeah. the way yeah. um and yeah it's a constantly shifting algorithm i think yeah. um one important factor one constant is make sure that the content is relevant yeah and if you put good content on your website yeah you should rank well independent of any other agency the agency then can then can assist with tweaking it yeah in some instances it can be the opposite effect they can they can do the wrong thing Mm. uh, and you can actually go backwards so So do you actually write the content yourself or who writes it uh, it's a bit of a combination of, of both. We've got an in-house person yeah. who's writing content, yeah. and we, as part of the contract, there's a certain number of pieces that they will that they will put on yeah. for us to yeah, review. So they actually, they, oh, they'll actually write the stuff for you. So, for yeah. So, yeah, they'll they'll do some of that. But how, how, how do they do that if they don't intimately know the business? Like, is that well, if you're if you're or? reasonably smart enough and you want to write an article on how to clean. A solar panel, yeah. for example, and some people are searching for that. Yeah, then it, you should be able to yeah. look it up and, and and be able to write a reasonably yeah. uh, well written article. But yeah. there's no guarantees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is this um like I, over twelve years has the 
you know, what are probably the biggest things that you've seen shift, you know, since when you started the business to where it is now? Is it really just the online thing? Is it, is there anything else around, I don't know, consumer behavior or that you've, you felt have really shifted over the time? Yeah, look, I think um, we've touched on a couple of the points with mm. the with the changing landscape yeah. of the issues, the importance. I think the centrality of environmental issues mm. from when I started 12 years ago to being sort of something mm. of a fringe topic, yeah. um, fairly niche, obviously. Yeah. But now it is it is it makes and breaks elections. Yeah, that's right. And is it it's actually interesting uh, yeah, if you think about the elections and like is it seem to be a younger sort of demographic that's more more interested in this although actually actually sorry thinking back to what you said if if often the motivator for people is a hip pocket it wouldn't really matter what what age people are but actually i actually find um it's a bit of the opposite um the young people will they definitely got a a concern for the environment Most, Mm. most of the i mean i don't know if you notice with your kids that they that they're more concerned than sometimes the adults might be at yeah. a at a table conversation, but um, actually our you know our biggest market is going to be uh, older people with more disposable income, even people who are looking towards the future in terms of retirement and mm. making sure that they're um, insulated from mm. the impacts of uh, rising mm. energy costs yeah actually that's interesting when you talk about retirement i imagine people moving homes and the like but is a lot of your work go to um for new new houses new being built or existing or is it just a combination it's a bit of a mix yeah um a bit of a mix is there a um is it because i remember when we built our house and it was for about eight years ago there was a requirement that you did i think something one of solar hot water or Maybe water tanks. Yeah, you have, you have to. to get, that's still that's still in place. So yeah. for a for a six star energy um, rating on your home, mm. you have to put in either a solar hot water system or yeah. a water tank. So yeah. which is good for us because we sell both of those. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah. So you still have to do that. You're saying for a six, do you have to have a six star rating? Yes, you do. Oh, according okay, you have to, to have the building that. codes. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that market then therefore is dominated by um you know by the building market yeah so that you for example water tanks yeah the 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 older market when we first opened would have been really around mums and dads putting it in in existing homes mm. and it's completely shifted away from that not saying that there isn't still those clients but it's really shifted away from that to new buildings having to put mm. in a tank connected mm. to their toilet yeah. and or laundry so w- with those new buildings i imagine your distribution for that is like almost is the builders themselves, isn't it? As opposed to the people, because I remember you know when we built our place, said you got to put a solar hot water thing in, and I don't know, he sourced it from wherever. I didn't even ask any questions. Yep, that's the market. Yeah, yeah. So that's so that's uh, through intermediaries. Yep, I mean yeah. well, there is a an increasing uptake of customers. I think again, I take especially in Victoria, mm. are now uh, definitely more and more people wanting to put in looking at the hot water option again the mm. solar hot water or heat pumps mm. um similar sort of concept both yeah. of them get rebates yeah uh, and both of the, so both of them get those stcs that we talked about and both of them also are eligible for the victorian government rebate of a thousand dollars for hot water and you can't have both by the way yeah, so if okay. you, you're thinking of solar hot water and you're thinking of solar panels you're going to get more money out of the solar panels you're going to get oh, two, right. two, two, five. but yeah. if you've already got solar panels um, yeah. 
the hot water thousand dollar rebate is worth. Oh, you can still it. you can still get the rebate. For yes, the hot absolutely. Water. If you haven't yeah. got, basically, there's a program. There's a bucket of money. Yeah, and you can't you can't double dip. Yep. But if so, yep. yeah, there's there's definitely in Victoria, this is a fantastic time mm. uh, for people who want to reduce their electricity or their gas costs mm. to do this. Mm. And obviously, with those, uh, with the cost, there's a bit, there's a lump sum payment that you make, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, to have it installed. Yep. Uh, and then I guess there's a, there's a saving that you make over time. So it's really like making an investment. And then I suppose you've got to, over a period of time how much you, um, you know, when does that investment get repaid? Is there any sort of rules of thumb of the of the of the yeah. timing of that? Well, we're always talking to our customers about payback periods. Yeah. So I mean, look for our products. We're looking at about a six to seven year payback. Yeah. You can buy a cheaper product and get less than that, mm. but uh, we we are firmly of the opinion that that's not worth it in the long run. Doesn't represent value. Yeah. Um, you might make that decision if you were prepared to, um, you know, you were holding a property for only four years or yeah, five years yeah, and you yeah. say, I'll do that, but I don't care afterwards. Yeah. Uh, mm. We're certainly, being in the environmental business, we're not of the opinion of a disposable mm. type product. Mm. Um, so for us, it's about having longevity, a good quality yeah. product, so, you know, panels that are going to last 30 years. Out of interest, uh, do people... Um have finance options to buy them, like, or you know, or do you just have to pay cash? Um, there are a lot of finance options out there. Yeah. So yes, you can basically, and I think that's the the motivation of the two thousand two hundred twenty five dollars is basically mm. to bring the cost down, um, and then the rest of the cost might be covered by the electricity savings. Ah, I see. And so that's the incentive of the government. Uh, right, actually, right. actually, that cost is supposed to represent. Uh, 50% of a four kilowatt system, um, right. but but it doesn't. But that's a certain level of quality type product for yeah. that money. Yeah. Um, so that, even if it represents a, a lesser amount, it's still a contribution to the cost of that yeah. system. So people, do you have like a I don't know? Do, do you have a? How do you do it in in house? Like the finance option? Do you just hand them a card of I don't know? Someone's going to lend them the money, or do you? sort of help are you able to facilitate it more or we can facilitate it yeah. to, to be a lot of our clients um aren't using finance they yeah. they've got their income they're, they're using it as an investment yeah so they're using so just like you would just like or... you wouldn't necessarily borrow to invest or some yeah. people will but yeah. you know m- most won't yeah um you know these people are using their their money for an investment that's yeah. very risk averse yeah yeah so um, most people are willing yeah so it's a very look. You you should look if it's a six or seven year payback. You're, mm. you're the yeah. you're the financial planner. So yeah, it was yeah. like fifteen percent return on investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty good. Never pretty good. Guaranteed. It's paid like off. The sun keeps coming out. And it's like a ta- it's like a tax free return as well. I guess. Correct. Like you're not paying tax on absolutely that, on that, um, spot on on that saving. So yeah, it's yeah. it's actually it's it's bigger than yeah. that, especially yeah. depending on. So you're um. Uh, yeah, so you, obviously you're, you're bu- back going back to the business. I know we're shooting back and forth between consumer and, and the business issues, but mm-hmm. anyway, going back to the business. Obviously, it's been. Um, yeah, it sounds like you've grown it really significantly over time. What have been the biggest challenges that you've faced? Um, you know, over the last number of years. Um, yeah. So in terms of the the challenges, well, I think for me. Uh, adapting, which we talked about, was yeah. was definitely a big challenge. Um, 
and being able to adapt not just to to changing market forces but when mm. you've uh got ideas and mm. we're tra- constantly trying to innovate and mm. change the way we do things but when you've got an idea and you run with it you've got to um you know if it if it hasn't gone in the right direction you have to be prepared to yeah. let it go yeah um so you know you, ha- you it's good to try things it's good to understand your risk but it's also good to understand when you mm. when you got to get out and yeah. And, yeah. and stop you know dreaming yeah and i think we well i've personally experienced that on one yeah one quite specific occasion yeah 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 it's really interesting that isn't it because particularly i mean you're the only owner of your business um and you don't have anyone else you know when you when you sort of decide this is what you want to do i mean do you have sort of other mentors or whatever that you'll that you'll run things by or or get some feedback or do you just sort of run it off your own gut feel. No, definitely. I have lots of advisors yeah. internally and externally yeah. at home as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So look, I look. I, like I, how do you know when to when to stop? Like, like if if you try an idea and it's if you're losing money, it's probably a good, <laughs> it's probably a good indication. Once your credit card, <laughs> once your credit card starts bouncing and and you know you can't buy anything in the supermarket. Yeah, I think if you find yourself going down a, a funnel. And you yeah. can, and that can happen with projects. Yeah, you can find yourself going down a funnel, and um, you know you got to recognise that. Um, yeah. I do lean a lot on my staff, uh, yeah. get their expertise. They're experts yeah. in their fields. They've got you know customer facing experience. But look, ultimately, mm. the buck stops with me. I make the decisions. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, look, made, <laughs> made some good ones too. Yeah, so yeah, you know, but you, you you can't have everything go your way, and I think no. that's. I think that's a, you know, a strong piece of advice for, you know, people starting business. There's mm. ups, there's downs. Yeah. Just roll with it. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to have that. Be smart. Of, you've got to have that level of uh, of resilience, really, don't you? Yeah. That's, um, yeah, I think that's a really, really important part of, you know, going to be, it's probably something that people underestimate as well. Yep. Um, so, okay. Well, look, we're going to take a, a very quick break. Uh, I'm then going to come back for our usual segment of the top three tips. Okay, just a quick musical interlude. Okay, Dion, it's time for us uh, section on the top three tips. You've got about a minute and 15 seconds maximum. Um, (laughs) Given, you know, your extensive business experience over the last 12 years, uh, I'd like to hear your top three tips uh, for people who are going into a, a retail or 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 and uh, services business, starting or or trying to grow it. Okay. Um, first thing I'd say is uh, be committed to a very high level of customer service. Yeah. Have have a strong ethical um, compass, and make sure that you offer very good quality products or services. Be that in, you know, be that premium, mid range, whatever it is high-level customer service and quality. Uh, hire the best people. Spend a little bit more on really good quality staff uh, and get get great people on board and make sure that, and tip number three, is make sure that you listen to them and listen to yourself and keep innovating in a rapidly changing environment. Do things a bit differently. Uh, look at the way your competitors are doing it. And try and think of a, about a better angle of doing things. And, uh, you know, the buzzword is disruption. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, be, try and always innovate and do something uh, something disruptive. All right, Dylan, thanks very much. Just before we leave, uh, where should people uh, go if they want to find out a bit more about uh, you and your business? 
Yeah, sure. You can go to our website, gstore.com.au, or you can give us a call, uh, 95710552, and we are down on... Uh, Dandenong Road, 1095 Dandenong Road in Melbourne East. Excellent. All right, Dion, thanks very much for coming in today and thank you all for tuning in. Uh, as I said, if you haven't yet, head over to iTunes, search the Finance Hour and leave us a review. Uh, otherwise, we will be back on the air next week. Thanks and have a good week.